You know, we're looking these days at the words of Jesus. Jesus is truth. You know that. Jesus is truth. First John's, the gospel of John says so clearly that Jesus is full of grace and truth. It goes on and says that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It couldn't be said any plainer than when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, on the other hand, it says that the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie, for he speaks out of his own being. So there's a battle between truth, Jesus, and lies, the lies of the devil that have deceived and destroyed many people. So we're just looking at what Jesus said about things of, that matter in life. This is our third message on Jesus is truth. The first one was Jesus is truth about life. And if you want to know what life is and the reality of life, just read the words of Jesus. Just read them. And then you t- just read the words of Jesus. Also, the second message was Jesus is the truth about death and resurrection. Well, if you want to know the truth about death, just go read the words of Jesus. If you want to know the truth about resurrection, just read what Jesus said. For example, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And because I live, he will live also. Hey, Jesus is the truth. We don't have to go read this book or that book or listen to this philosopher or that philosopher. Jesus Christ is the truth. And truth is recorded in this book. He is truth. And what he said is true, and it is final. It's final. It says in Hebrews that uh, God in in former days spoke to us by by the apostles and prophets, but has in these last days, listen, spoken to us by his son. God's spoken to us by his son in these last days whom is heir of all things. Well, today, we're, we're, going, we're going to take up some things Jesus said uh, that, are, that, that are pretty penetrating and you don't hear much about. Oh, you hear about one of them. But what did Jesus have to say about hell? And what truth did Jesus speak about heaven? And what truth did Jesus speak about being prepared? You see, it's like Jesus said now, let let me tell you the truth about hell. He said, but let me tell you the truth about heaven. But the main thing I want you to know is that I want to tell you to be ready. I want you to be ready. You know, as you read the word of God about this matter of hell, There are two words that are interpreted, hell in the Bible. One of them is Hades, H-A-D-E-S, which means uh, the place of the dead or the unseen world. 
Hades means the place of the dead or the unseen world. And then Gehenna means the, the place of punishment. Now, the reason that Greek word Gehenna is used uh, for the place of punishment, it's, it's the final, quote, hell, is because Jesus knew the people would understand it. Right outside of Jerusalem, there was a valley called the Valley of Hinnon, H-I-N-N-O-N, the Valley of Hinnon. And there piled up were the bodies of all the criminals, all the dead animals, all the refuge. They were all there piled in the Valley of Hinnon and were smoldering and smoking with an awful odor day and night. Oh, everybody knew about the Valley of Hinnon. That's where those who died who had no family were taken and, and dumped. And so Jesus used the word Gehenna, and they knew he was talking about the Valley of Hinnon. Well, I want to tell you some things that I, I hope you'll hear about hell. First of all, hell was never intended for human beings. Did you know that? Hell was not created for people created in the image of God. Not at all. In fact, look at Matthew 25, verse 41. And it should be on the screen. Listen to what Jesus said about hell. It was not created uh, for human beings. It was created for, for, for the devil and his angels. Listen to what it says. In verse 41 of Matthew 25. Then he will say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Listen. Prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never prepared for you or for me. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. When Satan rebelled against heaven and said, I will be above God, and the demonic spirits followed him, they sealed their doom. And hell became a reality. So hell was never prepared for people. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. In Luke 19.10, you know what it says? That Jesus came to save people from hell. It's not like God said, all right, now, I'm just waiting for you to mess up. I'm just waiting for you to sin. Just waiting for you to not repent. Waiting for you to go on in rebellion. Waiting for you to live your own life so that I can send you to hell. Totally wrong. Totally wrong. Absolutely wrong. Jesus came to save us from the wrath of God. Jesus came to save us from hell. Look, look at Luke nineteen ten on the screen. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save those that were lost. Now, these are all the words of Jesus now. When he said hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, that was Jesus speaking. And now he's saying, these are his words. Hey, I came to seek and to save those that are lost. I'm trying to blockade the road to hell so nobody will ever go there. But you know what? Jesus had a broken heart over people who were in rebellion. He had a broken heart over sinners that would not receive his love, his mercy, and his grace. One of the great examples of the love of Jesus is in Matthew 23, 37 and 38, where Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Look at what it says. O Jerusalem, 
Jerusalem, one who kills the prophets and stones those that are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chick under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus looked at the city, the city of God, the city of David. He saw their rebellion. He saw their sin. He saw the coming desolation that was going to come on the city. He saw the coming judgment of God, and, and he wept. And he said, how many times have I reached out to you? How many times have I tried to gather you under my wings as a hen gathers her children to protect them? You know, Jesus had compassion on you and me. And when he sees us going the wrong way, when he sees us in rebellion, when he sees us not going the way that God weighs, when he sees us in the path of destruction, do you think Jesus said, aren't you going to get what you deserve? No, no. That's not the attitude of Jesus. He says, man, won't you stop? Won't you turn around? Won't you quit rebelling? Won't you repent? Won't you receive my love? Won't you receive my forgiveness? Won't you allow me to change your life? Why do you keep going that path? It leads to, you see, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. But I'm telling you, he'll weep over your soul. I mean, I believe that. Because he doesn't want anybody, anybody to go to the place called hell. Nobody. You know, in fact, you know what Jesus said? It says, fear God and be delivered from hell. Luke 12, 4 and 5. I want you to look at those words. And I say to you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after have no more than they can do to you. But I'll show you who you should fear. Fear him. Who, had, who after he has killed, has the power to cast into hell. I say to you, fear him. You know what Jesus was saying? Listen, fear God. Fear God. Reverence God. Have all for God. Realize that he's the all-seeing, all-knowing, holy God that sees all that goes on in our lives. And he said, listen, don't be afraid of sickness or anything that could kill your body. Don't do that. What you need to fear is holy God, who not only could kill your body, but who could cast you into hell. You you know why some people just keep walking down the road that leads to destruction, walking down the road that leads to the place called hell? You know why? They have no fear of God. Their hearts have been hardened by sin. Sin has hardened their hearts. And they go right, they not only do what they know, know what they're doing is evil, but they do them and approve the others that do the same thing. You say, Brother Fred, why could a person, knowing that there is a day of accountability and that God is a holy God, and one day God would balance, will balance the books, why in this world would they not understand and fear God and say, listen, I only have one life and then it's over, but it's not over. And I'm going to spend it in heaven or I'm going to spend it in hell. You know, it is amazing 
He says, fear God. Fear God. And turn away from hell. You know, I, uh, have you ever noticed when somebody gets angry with you? Have they, when people get angry, do they say to you, go to heaven? They don't say that. You know what they say? You know, hell must be a bad place if they're mad at me and telling me to go there. It's not because they love me. I've heard very few people, because I don't run in circles where they're filled with blasphemy, but I, I hear very few people that make light of hell. I remember when Flip Wilson was on TV. I'm all too young to remember that. But his thing was, the devil made me do it. He didn't know what he was doing, man. And then I've heard people make light of hell. But I don't hear a lot of people doing that. I don't hear a lot of people doing that. One of the scariest things I ever heard, and and I couldn't believe that came out of this woman's mouth. A team had visited their their home and had shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And she was very responsive when she realized that Christ died for her sins and that if she would repent, turn from her sins and come to Christ, that her sins could be forgiven. Christ would come to live in her and she would go to heaven. And they said, now once you become a Christian, you're going to have God's love. Inside of you, you're going to have God's joy. You're going to have God's peace, and it's going to be wonderful. And you're going to know what it is to walk in forgiveness. And she said, wait a minute. What do you mean? I'm going to know what it is to walk in forgiveness. Oh, it means that not only do you receive God's forgiveness, but you forgive others who've hurt you. And do you know what she said? you mean to tell me if I give my life to Christ? And he forgives my sins. I got to forgive so-and-so. They said, that's what the Bible says. And then she said it. I'll die and go to hell before I forgive her. I said, I ain't believing that. She did not know what she was saying. If she thinks she's got hatred in her heart now, she dies and goes to hell and lives in a place of hatred for eternity. But you see, Jesus came so no one would go so that we would have the power but you know Jesus told a true story that he saw in the spirit world that that really wants you to know what hell is like now by the way I'm going to talk about heaven in a minute you say well praise God (laughs) but look in Luke Luke 16 19 it's about the rich man now we know this is not a parable This is a true story because Jesus uses the names of the people that were involved. So in Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19, all right, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Oh, so this is a true story. Yeah, this is what went on in the unseen world. A certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, and laid at his gate. 
desiring to be fed with the crumbs from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So when the beggar died, he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now I'm going to tell you what that is. The rich man died and was buried. And, and being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Okay. I believe from, from the studies that I've done that Hades is the place of the dead. It's the unseen world. There, were, there are two places in Hades. Paradise. That's Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom, it was paradise. Remember Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me where? In paradise. So the beggar died and went to paradise, Hades. Hades has two places, paradise, and that's Abraham's bosom. But it also has the place of punishment. Now, a lot of Bible scholars believe that when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, he took everybody in paradise with him on to heaven. But he left a place of punishment in Hades. And that's where the rich man is. Now, the rich man is not in Hades. He's not in the place of punishment because he was rich. He's not even there because he was stingy and would not give anything to the beggar. He was there because he lived his life without God. He lived his life without God. He never turned to God. He never looked to God. He was totally independent and self-sufficient. And so he died in his sin. And so he is in Hades in the place of punishment because he lived his life totally without God. And so here's uh, Lazarus in paradise. And somehow he can see him. And, and so Jesus talks about the conversation that this rich man in torment said. He said, in verse 23, in being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may uh, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, son remember that in your lifetime you received the good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you're tormented. And beside this, there's a great gulf between us and you. There's a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to there cannot, nor can those pass from there to, to, from there pass to us. He said, it's, too, it's a great gulf. He said, Lazarus can't come to you and you can't come to him. Well, isn't it interesting? Is there anything in hell that we ought to have? We'll look at the next verse. Then he said, well, I beg you, my father, send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify them, lest they also come to this place of torment. He said, Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear him. 
And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if one rises from the dead. So Jesus says there's consciousness in paradise, in paradise and in the place of punishment. The Bible says that there's recognition. You know people, you know people in that place. He recognized Lazarus. And isn't it amazing? I mean, it's hard for me to grasp. There's compassion in hell. Somebody needs to go tell my brothers. Listen, I'm here. It's too late for me. But just send somebody back. I don't want them to come here. Now, see, Jesus was very graphic about this place called hell. Now, you know, I'll be honest with you. People get very disturbed when people, somebody preaches on hell uh, because they, they don't even want to hear it. But that does not deny the reality of it. And all I'm doing is telling you what Jesus said. And so what we need to do is this. We need to fear God. And we need to repent. And we need to turn to Jesus and be saved. You know, it's one thing you need to understand that uh, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. You know, I got to thinking about this man's five brothers. And I thought about when I was in high school, there were a group of guys that lived over, uh, my hometown had a lot of uh, cotton mills back then. And there's the Highland Park Mill and Arcade Victoria Mill and the Aragon Mill and all kind of mills. We, they made te- cotton, textiles, of course, all of them are shut down now. They sent it overseas. But it was. And there were a group of guys that hung out together over at the Highland Park area. And one day I overheard um, that one of the guys in the group had got a girl pregnant out of wedlock. And they were talking about it and the fact that she was expecting and he, 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 you know, out of wedlock. And, and you know what he said? I've never forgotten this. I I must have been 15 years old then. He said, I'll tell you one thing. I'll die and go to hell before I marry her. Do you know three weeks later, he was driving his Mercury down Mount Gallant Road outside outside of Rock Hill, ran into a tree, was killed, and died and went to hell. He didn't know what he was saying. Let me just say this to you. How many times have people said to me, Brother Fred, a loving God would never send anybody to hell. You're right. They choose to go there. In fact, now before you get on God's case, you better not get on this case, I'm telling you. Before you, you've got to remember what God did. He blockaded the road to hell with a cross. Standing right in the door of hell, is a cross. I'm so glad we got a cross right there. And and I'm just kind of picturing behind that cross is the door into hell. 
And if you're going to get there, you're going to have to go around it. You're going to have to go over it. Or you're going to have to tear it down. Do you realize that God so had such love for people that he let his only son suffer and die on the cross with all of your sins on him so that you would never have to go to hell? You will never be able to point your finger at God and say, you were unfair, you were unjust, you should have never created a place like this. He said, I didn't create it for you. I created it for the devil and his angels. And you know how you got there, don't you? You either went over the cross, around the cross, denied the cross, refused the forgiveness and the love of Jesus Christ. You trampled underfoot the Son of God. Friend, listen. We just have to realize that Jesus wept over people who were going to hell. But then let me go on and say very quickly what Jesus had to say about heaven. Now, you need to understand the description of the beauty of heaven and the glory of heaven, how beautiful heaven is, how glorious heaven is, what heaven is like is found over in Revelation. And I encourage you to read chapter 18, 19, 20, 21. It talks about the new Jerusalem. It talks about all that. But let me tell you, Jesus said three very important things about heaven. John 14, 1 through 6. Y'all all know this, but let me remind you. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You know why he said that? The disciples knew that Judas was going to betray Jesus. The disciples knew that Peter was going to deny Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. And with all this on their mind, they knew that Jesus was going away. So Jesus said, now time out. Let me tell you something right now. I know what's going to happen with these men, but you, you, let me say this. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in me, the Son of God, who died, will die for your sins, then you believe in my Father. He said, let, your heart your, be, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me, you believe in my Father also. He said, now, in my Father's house are many mansions. Now, I'm going to have to be honest with you. I never quite understood how in a house there can be mansions. Let me tell you something. I got a new understanding of that yesterday. You know what God's house is? This awesome universe we live in. This whole world. Listen, there are billions of light years away, planets we've just discovered. I'm telling you, God's got a big house, y'all. <laughs> it's an amazing universe. Scientists just keep discovering new planets and new things, and they, they can't explain it. That You know, the Big Bang was not big enough. You know what I'm saying? He said, in my father's house, I think of this glorious universe, are many mansions. If it were not so, he told him, I'd have, tell, I'd have told you. If this life was the end, if there was no place called, I would have told you. He said, listen, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He said, look, I'm not abandoning you. I know every one of you going to die as a martyr. You're going to lose your life because of the gospel. 
You're going to go because you continue to follow me. He said, but let me tell you something. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. I guarantee you the disciples got so excited, I don't know what they did. Listen, they said, you mean to tell me, Jesus, that when you go, you're going to go prepare a place for us and that one day you're going to come back and take us to be where you are for eternity? He said, I sure am. Place called heaven. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And Philip said, Lord, we don't know the way, and we don't know how to go, Jesus. Let me tell you how to, what it is. So let me make it real clear. I am the way. I'm the way to heaven. I'm the way to forgiveness of sin. I'm the way for the presence of God in your life. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And nobody comes to me Nobody, and there's no, no, no other way to come. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. Listen, I just know one thing. I, I read over in Revelation where it says that there's, there's no darkness in heaven, where it says there's no sorrow, there's no pain, there's no more dying. It talks about the fact that uh, there's a river as crystal water flowing out from under the throne. And it talks about the pearly gates and the streets of gold. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, but I'm telling you what makes heaven so wonderful. That's where Jesus is. And that's where I'm going to spend eternity with. With him who loved me and gave himself for me. And I'm going to see the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And to be in his presence. And you talk about love. You'll be so overwhelmed by love. You say, this is an atmosphere I've never breathed before. In fact, if God's taken up a load today, I'm getting on it. Heaven's a wonderful place. Prepared for you and for me. And Jesus will come and get us. And we'll spend eternity with him. No wonder the Bible said, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the disciples came back. Now, I've got to move on now because I'm running over. I'm way behind. My Lord, have mercy. Uh, but, but the disciples came back from casting out demons and doing all this stuff. And they said, the demons are subject to us in your name. The blind see, the lame walk, and the deaf hear. Jesus said, that's fine, but don't rejoice in that. Listen to what he said. Rejoice that your names are registered in heaven. They came back talking about the miraculous. He said, that's good, but don't rejoice. Rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. And then Jesus said one other thing that was so significant about heaven. He said, listen, lay not up treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. I can relate that, can't you? <laughs> you better have an alarm system or somebody breaking in your house, okay? I'm not, I don't have an alarm company, but I'm telling you, they're going to steal what you got. It says, lay down for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust just corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth doth corrupt nor thieves don't break through and steal. For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And friend, I want to tell you, 
If your heart is in your treasure on earth, I got bad news for you. You're going to leave it all behind. You're going to leave it all behind. But man, if you've been laying up treasures in heaven, and that's far more than money, it's your life. You're laying up treasures in heaven. Man, you have got a great account up there. And you're adding to that account every day. Listen, he said, don't lay your, just lay up treasure in heaven. Heaven's a wonderful place. And it is God's will for every person to go to heaven. But God says, I'm not going to make you a bunch of robots. I'm not going to take away your will. You've got a choice. You have a choice. He says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you might live. So heaven's an awesome place. Now let me close by saying this. And I'll, I'll go into more detail about heaven. We've got plenty of time to do it. And if I don't get it done here, we'll do it in heaven. But let me just say this. Jesus said, all right, now listen. He said, you be prepared. And I just want to read you some verses about getting ready. There's a verse that says prepare to meet God. But listen to what Jesus said. Now I'm reading from Jesus. He said, okay, you've got to be ready. Ready not to go to hell, but ready to go to heaven. It says, verse 37, Matthew 24. But as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Well, what were they doing in Noah's day? They were eating, for as the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. For 130 years, Noah had said, we are going to have a flood. And if you don't get in this ark, you are going to drown and nobody's going to be left. But they just kept right on. They didn't pay Noah any attention. They began, kept on eating and drinking and they just lived life like they were going to live forever and they never were going to have any judgment. As the days of Noah, they were eating, drinking, marrying and giving in marriage and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two will be in the field, one taken, another left. Two women grinding at the mill, one taken, another left. Watch therefore, you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, for, but, but know that if a master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, this is the word of Jesus for you this morning. Therefore, be ready. What part of that do I not understand? Put off till tomorrow. Think about it. Contemplate it. Delay it. Eat, drink, and be merry. Therefore, be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Hell's a real place. Heaven's a real place. Jesus Christ is the way to having a great, awesome relationship with the Father, your sins forgiven, knowing him, and having eternal life. Jesus is here today, and he's here for you. But you say, well, I know that, but one day I'll get ready. Now, let me tell you this. Be ready. For such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man may come, will come again. Now, that is talking in the context of the second coming of Christ. 
But I'm going to tell you something. Now hear me. What is your life? It is like a vapor that appears for a while and then vanishes away. Do not say today or tomorrow, I'm going to go down to Panama City and I'm going to do some business and I'm going to do this and I'll stay there about a year and come back. He said, don't say that for you do not know what tomorrow holds. Let me tell you something. You're one heartbeat away. One heartbeat away from hell. But you're also one heartbeat away from heaven. So all I got to say to you, just be ready. Be ready. Prepare to meet God. Repent of your sins. Turn from your rebellion. Stop living for yourself and for this world. Let Jesus Christ be the Lord of your life. Take his place on the throne of your heart. Wash your sins away. Come to live in you and give you the power to live a holy life. You just come to Jesus and put your trust. You, 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 you get in the ark. You get in the ark. And the ark is Jesus. And when you get in the ark, he closes the door. Just get in the ark. And you're safe when the floods come. Jesus Christ came so that you could be forgiven, have life now and life eternal, and it's in a place called heaven, and that is God's will for you. And don't reject the will of God. Don't go the other way. Allow Christ to do in your life what he came to do.